Welcome to the Danny Picard Show, Thursday, November 7th, 2019. As always, broadcasting from the Beantown USA studio. Beantown USA is Boston's home for customized screen printing and embroidery. Get more information on their website, beantownusa.com. On today's show, I will preview week 10 in the NFL. And as always, I'll give you picks, picks, five games against the spread. I need a big bounce back week. You've heard me say that many times on this show during this NFL season, but I do. I need a big bounce back week. I had a tough week in week nine, uh, but I'm kind of feeling good about my picks. I don't know what that says about my picks, but I'm feeling good about my picks for week 10, so stick around for those. But I will open the show with some thoughts on what the Red Sox next move should be. Now that J.D. Martinez has decided to not opt out of his contract, J.D. Martinez who will enter the third year of a five-year, $110 million contract with the Red Sox. Uh, He had the ability to opt out this winter, but he had a deadline this past Monday night, and he chose to not opt out. He will remain with the Red Sox, at least for the 2020 season, at least for next season. But now the Red Sox have a decision to make. I will tell you why this is... Big news, I will tell you what I would do if I were the Red Sox next, now that J.D. Martinez has decided he is not going to opt out of his contract. All of it today presented by DraftKings. You can play for free at DraftKings.com or on the DraftKings app by using promo code PICK, P-I-C. That's promo code PICK, P-I-C. Play for free this Sunday in the $888,000 play action contest for Week 10 in the NFL. $888,000 in total prizes with $80,000 going to first place. You can win $80,000 this Sunday just by signing up with my promo code PICK, P-I-C. Play for free and win $80,000. Sounds like a good deal to me. It should sound like a good deal to you, and you can do that playing for free by signing up using promo code PICK, P-I-C, promo code PICK, P-I-C, at DraftKings.com. Welcome to the show. On this Thursday, November 7th, uh, I am sitting here with a brand new iPhone. I know I gave a little iPhone rant a couple weeks ago on this show, so I figured why not give you a quick update, and I tweeted about this earlier. You can follow me on Twitter, at Danny Picard. I do not have the newest iPhone. Couple reasons. One, just a little too expensive, but really the biggest reason is the new iPhones, they don't fit in my pocket. (laughs) Like, I can't fit them in my pocket. You want me to buy an iPhone and a fanny pack at the same time? That's not going to happen. So, um, I bought the iPhone 8. It's the cheaper option, and it also fits in my pocket. However, the issue that I'm having with it is I don't use a case on my iPhone. I never have. I don't use a case. And I was enjoying the look and the feel of this new iPhone 8. Until I noticed yesterday that the camera lens kind of pups out a little bit. And it's like, well, if I'm always putting the phone down on a table or something, or on a desk, on my desk right now, like, I could just smash that glass lens because it's sticking out of the phone. Why would they do that? Just to make you buy a case? So now I have to go buy a case. And I have no idea what type of case to buy. So I'll probably be heading to the store later to buy a case because I cannot continue to just smash this thing down on a desk with the lens sticking out of the phone. Why Why would they do that? And I know what you're thinking. Well, they're doing that so you spend more money. Well, maybe, but maybe not. I mean, you don't have to buy a case through Apple. You could buy a case through some other company. I know there's a lot of companies out there that are selling iPhone cases. But um, I just... I don't know. I mean, I just don't know why they would make the phone so that the lens pups out like that. Anyways, something that's bothering me this morning. First world problems. I get it. I get it. But uh, that's my iPhone update. For the people who have been paying attention to my iPhone rants on this show and on Twitter. But anyways, the big news of the week here in Boston. Obviously, in the NFL season, the Patriots really are the biggest story. But now that they're at the bye week... The week 10 bye, I will get to that and some things that we're going to look at here after the bye. But I think the biggest story right now has to do with the Red Sox 
Now that the World Series is over, as the Washington Nationals celebrate their World Series championship in an entertaining fashion, by the way. In an entertaining fashion. Um, the Nationals are World Series champs. That's over with. So now we look ahead to the offseason. It is the offseason. And the first move of the offseason with regards to the Red Sox actually was a move that had to be made or a decision that had to be made by a player. And that player was J.D. Martinez. J.D. Martinez had until this past Monday to decide whether or not he was going to opt out of his contract with the Red Sox. He had until this past Monday. He chose, and he, he took it up to the wire, at least publicly, he took it up to the deadline. Which, I don't know, is that a little concerning? I, I, I don't know how to read that. But he, at least publicly, J.D. Martinez took this up to the deadline. And we found out at the deadline that he was not going to opt out. J.D. Martinez will enter the third year of his five-year contract with the Red Sox. He plans on playing for the Red Sox next season, in 2020. The contract that he signed was a five-year deal worth $110 million. The money that he's going to get in 2020, that he essentially opted into, $23.8 million. $23.8 million. This is big news that J.D. Martinez decides not to opt out, that he plans on staying with the Red Sox and making $23.8 million. Why is it big news? Well, it's big news because really the top story with the Red Sox is Mookie Betts. And how the Red Sox are going to handle it. How Mookie Betts is going to handle it. Mookie Betts, in 2020, will be entering the final year of his contract, in which he's arbitration eligible, one last time. And, uh, you know, we, we all, well, I shouldn't say we all, but I would think the logical baseball fan would want the Red Sox to keep Mookie Betts around longer the next season. He's 27 years old. He just won this past weekend. He won his fourth straight gold glove. Forget about the gold glove. I mean, he was an MVP, right? You talk about a guy who is just somebody that you brought up in your farm system, was an infielder, you converted him to an outfielder. He's a special talent. He is a special talent. Why would you want this guy to play for another team in his late 20s and his early 30s, you shouldn't want that. So I, I would think that the logical baseball fan here in Boston, like my, I feel like I'm a logical baseball fan, I want the Red Sox to sign Mookie Betts. Now, Mookie Betts has some say in that because he's seeing all this money being dished around in Major League Baseball. He's seeing Bryce Hopper's $330 million contract. He's seeing Mike Trout's $430 million contract. I don't blame him for seeing those contracts and wanting a piece of the pie and saying, I want my money. I want my blockbuster contract, right? Now, if you if you want to play this fair, if you're the Red Sox, you have to acknowledge what type of special talent Mookie Pets is. And so the market has been set. You can't lowball the guy. So what's a fair offer? We've spent the last couple months... And even really the last year, talking about what a fair offer would be for Mookie Betts. I've mentioned Nolan Arenado and his contract. I think that's a very similar situation with regards to his age and when he's he was arbitration eligible and how Colorado handled Nolan Arenado um, and his contract. I, I think what was that? That was an eight-year deal, right? Um, so my framework for a deal for Mookie Betts, I told you, was an eight-year contract. and. I essentially said backload it to make the last five years of the deal something like $40 million a year, right? You know what I mean? So then you give him opt-outs, but you make sure it's backloaded so that he'll, he'll hesitate to opt-out. Anyways, whatever the deal is or could be or whatever the deal Mookie Betts wants, the Red Sox have come out and jumped on top of the Mookie Betts stuff this offseason by saying... It's a goal, not a mandate, but it is a goal to get under the $208 million luxury tax threshold. Now, the Red Sox last season, what was their payroll? Around like $240 million? $240 million last year? Am I correct with that? $240 million? And the luxury tax threshold in 2020 is going to be $208 million. Now, they have something like outside of, you forget about J.D. Martinez. They're clearing, just with expiring contracts, they're clearing 
Over 50 million. Uh, they're clearing that is off the books, right? With expiring contracts. And one of those expiring contracts is Pablo Sandoval, believe it or not. But still, you're go- you need to sign a- some other players. You need to make some deals. You're going to have to give Mookie Betts at least it goes to arbitration or agree to a one-year deal with him at the very least uh, if you want to avoid arbitration. So you're going to be around the 208 and 8 mil, maybe a little bit over, especially now that J.D. Martinez has decided to not, not opt out and he will collect his $23.8 million from the Red Sox. So the J.D. Martinez not opting out story is a big story because of the money, because of what the Red Sox said they want to do, which is get underneath the luxury tax threshold. And and because of what we think Mookie Betts is going to want. Not what we think. What we know Mookie Betts is going to want. Right? What we know he's going to want. So that's why the J.D. Martinez thing is a big story. And J.D. Martinez deciding not to opt out, it does make it a whole lot more difficult for the Red Sox to make Mookie Betts that blockbuster contract offer this winter while wanting to stay under the luxury tax threshold. If they said, we don't care if we go over the luxury tax threshold again, then I don't know that we'd be having the conversation. I, I think that J.D. Ma- we all would have wanted J.D. Martinez to, to not opt out, to, to come back, to opt in. You know, in a perfect world... It's like, yeah, why wouldn't you want J.D. Martinez, given the fact that this is a guy who has 80 home runs over the last two seasons with you. You know, over over 230 RBIs over the last two seasons with you. Why wouldn't you want this guy to return for $23.8 million? You know, it's not my money. I hope he opts in. But because they've told us they want to get under the luxury tax threshold, and because we know what Mookie Betts is probably going to want, that blockbuster big money offer, we have to factor in that Martinez is making 23.8 mil and the Red Sox now have to pay him that. And it makes it more difficult to give Mookie Betts that contract extension this winter. Unless they make some other moves. I've told you that I would trade David Price. You know, he's got, what, 96 million left over the next three years. That's going to be difficult to move, obviously. But then you get into conversations where maybe you eat some of the money just to maybe get rid of a little over half of it. Or maybe you add in, you know, a young player like, a, I don't know, like let's say Andrew Benatendi. And, and, and you say, you know, this is what we're going to do for you. We're going to add Benatendi to a deal. I'm just thinking out loud. You, you put it this way. With J.D. Martinez opting in, The Red Sox need to make a move somewhere if they want to give Mookie Betts the big money contract extension or at least have a serious conversation with him. And if you're the Red Sox and you do want to bring him back, which you should, and keep him around, which you should, which I hope they do, you got to have that conversation right now. You know how this thing works. And I wrote a column in the Boston Metro newspaper today about this. You know how this thing works. Mookie Betts, in the final year of his contract, in which he's expecting to get that Bryce Hopper, Mike Trout money. Now, I know it's Bryce Hopper, 330 mil, Mike Trout, 430 mil. You could say maybe Mookie wants somewhere in the middle. Maybe he wants more than Trout. I don't know. Whatever he wants, he's going to want a lot. In the final year of his deal, you know how this works. These guys don't want to talk contract during the season. They want to be locked in and focused. And I know you could give the eye roll to that and be like, how much would it really affect him if... In the month of May or in the month of June, him and his representatives had a had a meeting during an off day with ownership at Fenway. Would it be that big of a deal? Would it really, you know, take him off his course in the 2020 season? Would it would his train be derailed because of a conversation about making possibly over three hundred million dollars? Like you could you could give an eye roll to that. Whatever. That's how it works. These guys just don't want to do it. They don't want to have the conversation during the season, during their final year of impending free agency. So if you're the Red Sox, you've got to have that conversation right now. It needs to happen right now. Has to. And if you have that conversation, now they could have the conversation with Mookie Betts, and Mookie Betts might be like, I'm out. Like, 
He, he might just say, I'm testing free agency. That's it. You know, you could be involved in it. We'll talk then. But I'm testing free agency. I want to know what's out there for me. He could say that. And if he says that, then if you're the Red Sox, I think at that point, you have to entertain trade and Mookie Betts right now. But before you entertain that, you've got to have the conversation. And let's say you have a conversation and Mookie Betts representatives are open to making a deal this offseason. And let's say you get, you know, you're throwing numbers back and forth. And let's say if you're high on Bloom or Brian O'Halloran or any one of the front office, Sam Kennedy, John Henry, Tom Warren, and let's say that there's a number, there's a framework of a deal that's kind of in place that you know there's a, there's a, there's a couple numbers you can work around. You, let's say you get a sense that you can get, there's, there's a way for you to get something done this, this winter, this offseason. But you've got to make another move. To me, that next move is a no-brainer. You have to trade J.D. Martinez. You do. You have to trade J.D. Martinez. You have to trade him. Some people say, well, he's got a limited no-trade clause. and Here's the deal with that limited no-trade clause for J.D. Martinez. He's got until, I believe, the end of this month in which he can give the Red Sox three teams that he will not accept the trade to. Only three teams. Now, because he's a DH, and he's kind of a liability in the outfield, at least we saw that in the World Series last year, right? That ball goes right over his head. Um, if he picks three teams in the American League, that's gonna, you would think that's going to make it a whole lot more difficult to trade J.D. Martinez. Now, that's what people are going to tell you. I still don't rule out that there would be a National League team that might be willing to get nuts. And don't forget that J.D. Martinez, when he came to the Red Sox, there was a lot of talk about him wanting to play. He wanted to play the outfield. Like, he didn't want to play DH every single day. He didn't want to be an everyday DH. He wanted to play the outfield. And so maybe he still wants to play some outfield. And maybe there's a National League team that would that would maybe sacrifice some defense in order to get his bat in the lineup. He, right now, you know, he's a 40 home run a year guy. And 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 I I wouldn't rule out there's a National League team that would want to get a little nuts with that and maybe talk to the Red Sox about a trade. So just because JD Martinez with this limited no trade clause has three teams that he can give the Red Sox by the end of this month in which he will not accept the trade to. I still think if you're the Red Sox, you can move J.D. Martinez. You could trade J.D. Martinez. And in my column that I wrote for the Boston Metro, which is in print in the newspaper today, my lead, my first sentence is, sorry, J.D., it's not you, it's us. It's not you, it's us. That would be my message to J.D. Martinez if I'm the Red Sox. J.D., it's not you. We want you. But... We got a goal to get under the $208 million luxury tax threshold. We got Mookie Betts at 27 years old, and we want to have serious discussions with him right now about a big money deal. And if we're going to give him a big money deal, we got to shed salary somewhere. You're opting in. That's $23.8 million this season. If we can shed that, it's not you. It's us and what we want to do with Mookie. So if I'm the Red Sox... Now that J.D. Martinez has opted in, if you, your next move is to have a conversation with Mookie Betts. And I, look, if, if you're the Red Sox and you seriously want to keep him around, which they should seriously want to, then I don't think Mookie Betts' representatives are just going to hang the phone up on you. I don't think they're not going to want to meet. Um, so I'm saying this, and I'm having this conversation as if the Red Sox are thinking logically, which is, they should want to keep Mookie Betts around. But they got to know the market value. They got to know the money that he wants. They obviously know what they want to do getting under the luxury tax threshold, which means you got to shed salary somewhere else. J.D. Martinez, he opts in. If you're the Red Sox, you got to look at that and go, damn, maybe we wish you opted out. Since you didn't, now we're going to trade you, or at least we're going to try. Okay, you're going to give us a, a list of three teams? Fine. That That's not, that's not the be-all, end-all. I have a feeling that there's going to be more than three teams in the American League that are, that are going to inquire about J.D. Martinez and a potential trade. Now, I think the biggest reason why I am leaning towards 
the Red Sox need to make the move next to trade J.D. Martinez if they feel like they can have realistic conversations with Mookie Betts. The, re- the, the biggest reason I say trade J.D. Martinez is because J.D. Martinez, and this, I don't know that this is being talked about enough. J.D. Martinez can opt out again next winter. When he's 33 years old, he can opt out next winter. And forget about the age, and forget about what other teams might want him. Just think of what J.D. Martinez might want. Let's say J.D. Martinez has another season of, you know, 35 to 40 home runs, over 100 RBIs, hitting 300 again, and is just an absolute beast. For the next two years on this five-year deal with the Red Sox, he has to take a pay cut. 19 point, what is it? 19.4 million. So this year, J.D. Martinez, he opts in 23.8 million. If he wants to stay next year, he has to take a $4 million pay cut to stay with the Red Sox. $4 million pay cut. Is he going to want to do that? 19, is he going to want to go from $23.8 million down to $19.4 million? I, I have a feeling him and Scott Boris are not going to go for a pay cut if he has the type of season we think he should have at the age of 32. So, if J.D. Martinez can opt out at the end of next season and can opt out next offseason, and he has to take a pay cut, I actually expect him to opt out and become a free agent. Now, the Red Sox could obviously be involved in maybe bringing him in or restructuring some type of deal during the season. Whatever that is, I don't know. But um, what, what's the smarter business decision? To give a, a, a big money pay raise to a guy who's going to be, you know, guy who's 32 is going to be 33? Or to give the big money pay raise to the guy who's 27, who's a gold glove outfielder, MVP candidate, you know, has all the tools... Like homegrown talent, like it. I think that's a no-brainer. You should want to give that money to Mookie Betts. Imagine next winter we are sitting here. JD Martinez opts out and walks. Mookie Betts becomes a free agent and and leaves. Imagine losing JD Martinez and Mookie Betts for nothing next offseason. Can't happen. Cannot happen. So you got to move someone right now. You'll get a lot of people that say, well, Mookie Betts, you got to trade him. If, he, if, he's, if you're not going to get a deal done with him, you got to trade him. And I, I, if you're the Red Sox and you feel like it's just not happening, he wants Trout money, we're not giving him that. He's dead set on testing free agency. If I'm the Red Sox, yeah, you got to entertain trading Mookie Betts. But, you, but before you get to that point, you have to put in some work right now if you're high in bloom. You have to put in some work right now if you're Brian O'Hallen. You have to put in some work right now if you're Sam Kennedy, John Henry, Tom Warner. Put in some work. Keep the homegrown talent who's an MVP candidate, who's got all the tools and is a gold glove outfielder. You've got to put in some work to keep him. And if you're going to put in the work, I don't know why they wouldn't listen. I don't know why Mookie Betts wouldn't, you know, wouldn't be interested or... or and if you are having a conversation and you got a framework close to being in place and you want to shed salary, you got to look at the $23.8 million that J.D. Martinez just opted into, but you also have to look at the fact that J.D. Martinez is scheduled to take a pay cut the following season. And he can opt out before he takes the pay cut. You control right now what you can do with Martinez. He's only got a three-team no-trade clause. I don't care who he gives you. Even if he gives you, even if there's a team on that list and you go to him and you say, hey, would you, I know you put this team on the list, but would you think about this? Like, yeah, he might say no right away, but then he goes home, he's pissed off. Can't believe they're talking about trading me, you know? Yeah, fine, send me there. And then I'll opt out there too. Like, you know, I I, st- I just think you can move JD Martinez, and that's gonna be the next step logically. If you're looking to do two things: get under the luxury tax threshold and keep Mookie Betts here long term, the next obvious move is to trade JD Martinez, who just opted in for twenty three point eight million. That's twenty three point eight million that you could use 
if you want to give Mookie Betts an extension this offseason. And you got to give it to him this offseason. It's got to happen this offseason. It's got to. If he goes to free agency, I'm telling you right now, someone's going to get nuts, and it's going to be a deal we're all looking at and going, well, I can understand why the Red Sox wouldn't give him that much money, but at the same time, maybe you could have prevented this if you gave him a big money offer that wasn't that high, but was high enough to get their antennas go up and say, eh, I don't know that we can we can reject this. You're going you're gonna to make an offer that makes Mookie Betts and his representatives go, there's no guarantee we get. We might get this in free agency, but there's no guarantee. We have to seriously consider this. You've got to give him that type of option, which means it's got to be, you know, it's got, it's got to be Bryce Hopper money at the very least, right? Nolan Arenado money at the least. You're not going to give him Trout money. You're not. If he's going for that, and you, f- you realize that, then you have to consider trading them right now. But I-, I just, I think the obvious play is to have the dial, get the dialogue going, make them a fair offer, or just throw some numbers around. Like, don't lowball them. You can negotiate, but there's, you know, a fair negotiation that should take place, given the type of talent Mookie Betts is. Right? So, um,. I think right now the Red Sox to get under the salary luxury tax threshold to bring back Mookie Betts and, and give him a contract extension right now, they need to trade JD Martinez. That's what they need to do. That's what they need to do. And I say that not just because of the money JD Martinez is making right now, but also the money he's scheduled to make the year after that, in which he can opt out before he gets there. He can opt out again. He's going to take a $4 million pay cut in two years. You think he's going to do that? You think he's not going to opt out? He's definitely going to opt out. Especially if he hits 35 to 40 home runs this year, which he very well could and probably will. He'll opt out. He won't even think so. He won't, believe me, he won't be taking that opt out up to the deadline. (laughs) Day after the World Series next year is over, bang, opt out. We're not taking a $4 million pay cut, right? He, He ain't doing that. If you lose J.D. Martinez and Mookie Betts in the same offseason, next offseason, that is a complete and utter disaster. You need to handle that shit right now if you're the Red Sox. You hold the cards. You have the checkbook. You could trade J.D. Martinez now that he's made his decision to stay. You could trade David Price. You could do a lot of things. If you're the Red Sox, David Price says he holds the cards. No, he doesn't. He doesn't have a no-trade clause. He does not hold the cards. The Red Sox hold the cards. What will they do with those cards? I don't know. But what they should do is have the conversation with Mookie Betts. And if they think there's a framework that could be put in place and you think you can work around numbers and make this happen, it's realistic, you go and you trade J.D. Martinez. J.D., it's not you. It's us. Here's what we want to do. Get in with the salary cap, you know, with the with the payroll. Here's what we want to do with Mookie Betts. He's 27. We hope you can understand, J.D. It's not you. It's us. That's it. He can't take it personal. Um, anybody saying, you know, there's a team that, you know, teams will want him. I don't, I don't see that. Teams will, teams will want J.D. Martinez, in my opinion. Even if he can opt out. They'll take him for a year. Two, you know, they'll take him for a year, maybe Maybe two. Who knows? But um, right now, I think the Red Sox are in a position of power. I just hope they do the right thing, which is to make you know seriously. You know, don't don't do the don't. I know you got to play the game to an extent when it comes to negotiations, but don't play the game to the point where you look like you looked after the John Lester situation. Okay, you got to. They know the market value. They know the contracts these big names have been getting. And they know what they got to do. I hope they do it. But in order to do it, they have to shed salary somewhere. And I'm just telling you, with J.D. Martinez now opting in or choosing not to opt out, I just think that's a move. I just think that's a move they're going to make. That's all. That's all. So that's what we got with the Red Sox. Um, I will keep you updated on that. I will react accordingly. 
you know, whatever happens here moving forward. But it should be interesting I, because I told you when Ian Bloom was hired as chief baseball officer and then he he promotes Brian O'Halloran, the assistant GM, to the GM position, even though Brian O'Halloran was in the room. O'Halloran was in the room interviewing Ian Bloom. He was in the room interviewing him. And then Hyam Bloom gets hired and he's like, yeah, I'll promote, I'll promote the guy who interviewed me for the job. Kind of an awkward situation. I, so I just don't know, given the roles of the new guys, I, I, I don't know. The, the Red Sox offseason plan is a mystery. I don't know what it is. I don't know what it is. If, if I was them, though, I would have been hoping that J.D. Martinez opted out for the purpose of Mookie Betts. For the sake of Mookie Betts' future with the Red Sox, you got to move J.D. Martinez. J.D., it's not you. It's us. Sorry. All right. To the NFL. That, those are my thoughts on Major League Baseball uh, right now in the offseason. To the NFL, though. Week 10 is going to begin tonight on Thursday night. Oakland hosts the Chargers on Thursday night football. The Raiders are a one-and-a-half-point dog in this game. Raiders have uh, come up big for me the last couple weeks. They're at home. A one-and-a-half-point dog against the Chargers. Chargers coming off a big win over Green Bay. <laughs> I just... There's a couple things I stay away from, okay? Thursday night football, I don't touch it. Though, seeing Oakland at home as an underdog is... Man, I'm, I'm, I'm interested. You got my attention. You got my attention, right? You got my attention with Oakland as a one-and-a-half-point dog at home. They've been, they've been good for me the last couple weeks. But I stay away from Thursday, for the most part, I stay away from Thursday Night Football. And I stay away from anything Philip Rivers related because that guy is the most chaotic, unpredictable, professional athlete that I've ever seen in my entire life. He is. He's the most unpredictable, chaotic pro athlete I've ever seen when it comes to being a results-based business. I never know what to get from Philip Rivers. I never know. It could be good. It could be bad. It could be the worst thing I've ever seen. It could be borderline historically good. Like, I just never know with this guy. He's got a weird arm angle. He's always, it seems like he's always seeing ghosts. Sometimes he looks like he loves his team. Other times he looks like, you know, he wishes he was playing in the XFL rather than being on the same field with all those schmucks wearing the same uniform as him. Phillip Rivers, I stay away from him, and I stay away from Thursday Night Football. But I will tell you, Oakland being a dog at home tonight on Thursday night, my antennas are up. Oakland's a good young team with a veteran coach. Knock on wood if you're with me. They, they've been covering for me. And uh, if, if I were to put money on this one tonight, I would go Oakland. But... I'm going to stick to my guns and stay away from Thursday Night Football and, of course, stay away from anything Philip Rivers related. Because the minute I put money on a team that Philip Rivers is playing against, you know what's going to happen. He's going to go off. He's going to have a day. And he's going to make me hate my bet and regret my bet. And if you listen to my bets the last couple of years in this show, you know my strategy. My strategy is really no longer to, to win. Because that's... In the NFL... Being so unpredictable, it's almost impossible. So I bet to not regret. I don't bet to win. I bet to not regret. That's how I bet. And if I win, so be it. <laughs> if I win, so be it. But I, I obviously, I say that in jest. I make my picks thinking I'm going to win. But this league is a shit show. Certainly the Thursday night game is always a shit show. And so I will stick to my guns and stay away from Thursday night. And, of course, stay away from the Chargers. But that's when Week 10 begins. Week 10 will end on Monday Night Football with San Francisco hosting Seattle. San Francisco, undefeated. The only undefeated team in the league. They're a six-and-a-half-point favorite at home against the Seattle Seahawks. And this is, a, this is a big game, not just for San Francisco, but also for Seattle. I mean, Seattle's 7-2 and two, and they're the wild card because San Francisco leads their division at 8-0. No. If the playoffs began today, San Fran's the one seed in the NFC and New Orleans at 7-1 and one is the two seed and you got Seattle as the five seed. 
And with a 7-2 and two record right now, Seattle must be looking at that five seed going. If the, here's the funny part about the whole thing. If the playoffs begin today, the 7-2 and two Seahawks as the five seed would be traveling to Dallas, the fourth seed in the wildcard round. Dallas is 5-3. and three. You've seen Dallas play. All right. Yeah, they're coming off a win on Monday night. Even though they tried to give the game to the Giants on the first play of the game. I talked about this in the live stream on YouTube Tuesday. Subscribe, youtube.com slash Danny Picard. Go check out the highlights now. And, and I apologize, by the way, for the internet service. Our internet kept going off, kept shutting down, so we, we couldn't do the entire show, but at least my opening monologue is there for you. We got that through on the live stream. But what I talked about was how Dallas on Monday night against the Giants, they just wanted to give the game to the Giants. Dak Prescott, interception on the first play of the game. They gave him a gift. You know what the Giants did? They took it first and goal from the eight-yard line, and they kicked a field goal after three plays. Unbelievable. Dallas tried to give the Giants the game. Giants said, no, 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 we don't want it. We don't want it. You have it. (laughs) Unbelievable. Dallas, you saw them lose to the Jets not too long ago. How the hell do you do that? They're 5-3. and They'd be the fourth seed. If the playoffs began today, Dallas would be hosting Seattle. Seattle 7-2. If you're Seattle, you're like, "This this is a... How does it work this way? How does it work this way? But um, that's just the way it works. So a big game on Monday night for the Seattle Seahawks and the 49ers. Uh, but I think bigger for Seattle. You know, imagine being 7-2 and two and being close to being on the outside looking in <laughs> of the playoff race. That's a tough one. So that's how Week 10 will end. The Sunday Night Football Game of the Week on NBC this week is Dallas hosting Minnesota. Uh, Dallas a three-point favorite at home against the Vikings. That's a game that might drive you nuts. But that's a game that I'm actually taking with my picks, which I'm going to give to you in just a moment. But the bye, six teams have a bye in Week 10. New England, Denver, Philly, Washington, Jacksonville. Jacksonville, who, when they come back from the bye, is going to go back to Nick Foles, by the way. I believe that's true. Is that fake news or is that real? They're not going to stick with Minshew. They're going back to Foles. I didn't even think he'd be back this season. That's why I ask, is that fake news? But Jacksonville on the bye and Houston on the bye. So six teams with the bye. There is no London game this week. No game in London. So you don't have to get up too early. And you don't have to watch uh, 20 hours of football this week. So no London game in Week 10. But I mentioned the bye teams and the Patriots, obviously, they're at the bye. And when they get back from the bye, we look ahead to the portion of the schedule that we've really been looking at since the schedule came out. You know, you circle the games on the schedule. You circle a four-game stretch. This is the four-game stretch after the bye. In Philadelphia in Week 11. At home against Dallas in Week 12. In Houston Week 13. And then at home against Kansas City in Week 14, Patrick Mahomes is getting ready for a comeback. It looks like he's going to come back this weekend. Um, But that's a tough stretch. In Philly, at home against Dallas, in Houston, and at home against Kansas City. And then you close out the season with three easy ones in Cincinnati and then against Buffalo and Miami. And yeah, I am saying at home against Buffalo in Week 16 is an easy one. The Bills, I mean, you got to give them some credit. They are 6-2, and but look at the teams they've beaten. They, they've beaten some of the worst teams in the league, so I just think their record is very deceiving. And I don't think Buffalo's going to get to the playoffs. I'm telling you right now, I think, you know, I would keep an eye on Pittsburgh and Oakland. I would. And, and I would keep an eye on those teams. But we'll see what happens. Um, so the Patriots at the bye, we look at this portion of the schedule. One thing to keep in mind, and I know people will be like, Danny, would you just give up on this? But it's got to be noted, for people that maybe don't know, Rob Gronkowski has until the end of this month to file for reinstatement. You talk about deadlines, here's a deadline. Trade deadline is coming on. Patriots, as you know, acquired Mohamed Sanu. By the way, seeing what I saw in the loss to the Ravens on this past Sunday night, I think we're all going to love Mohamed Sanu. I think Tom Brady loves Mohamed Sanu. I think the more he gets into this offense, I think we're going to be talking about a two-headed monster with Edelman and Snow as being maybe the most dangerous receivers in all of football. I believe that. 
I believe that. But you got to mention Gronk because people wonder, like me, who are always on Gronk watch, is he going to come back? Rob Gronkowski, the deadline for him to file for reinstatement is the business day before the Week 13 game, which is in Houston on Sunday, December 1st. So does the NFL consider Saturday a business day for Roger Goodell? I don't know. Um, we'll just call it Friday. You know, we'll call it Friday. The second to last day of November. That's when Rob Gronkowski has to file for reinstatement. Two days before the Week 13 game in Houston. Will he do it? I mean, it's looking like he won't, obviously. But you know what? Never say never. Never say never. (laughs) Never say never. The Patriots, when they come back from the bye... The moves we expect them to make, the additions we expect them to have, rookie wide receiver Nikhil Harry and left tackle Isaiah Wynn, those will be, I think, big additions to the team. I don't know what Nikhil Harry is going to bring to the table the rest of the season. You know, I don't know if he'll bring anything different than what Philip Dorsett brings or even what Jacoby Myers brings. I don't know. I don't know. But what I do know is I want to find out. I'd like to see it. And so we'll see. Nikhil Harry expected to return, we would think, after the bye week, along with left tackle Isaiah Wynn. And anytime you can you can add to the offensive line that they got now and improve on the offensive line they got now, anytime you can do that, that's obviously going to help this team. But uh, that's the Pats at the bye. They should whoop Philly. I saw it. I think the Patriots are three-point favorite early already. A three-point favorite, or at least that's the expectation. They're going to be a three-point favorite in this game in Philly. They should beat Philly. They should beat Philly, you know? And it'll be a bounce-back win for them because they're coming off the loss in Baltimore. Both Philly and the Patriots um, in the bye week, too. So both with extra rest. And I, But I expect Patriots, Patriots to win. Deshaun Jackson is out for the season for Philly. He's been out anyways, though, right? He hasn't really been factoring into anything. Um, but, yeah, Patriots, they're off in Week 10, but I still make my picks. Five games against the spread every single week, every single Thursday on this show. And we might as well get to them right now. So let's do it. Hit the music. Picks, picks for week 10 in the NFL. Presented by DraftKings. You can play for free at DraftKings.com or on the DraftKings app by using promo code PICK, P-I-C. That's promo code PICK, P-I-C. And you can play for free this Sunday in the $888,000 play action contest for Week 10 in the NFL. $888,000 in total prizes. $80,000 going to first place. Play for free and win $80,000 on Sunday. Not a bad deal, right? But you can only do it using promo code PICK, P-I-C, promo code PICK, P-I-C, to play for free at DraftKings.com. Pick number one in Week 10. I am going with the Detroit Lions, a two-and-a-half-point dog over the Chicago Bears. Uh, the Lions are 3-4-1. and one. The Bears are 3-5. and five. Both teams are coming off a loss in Week 9 this past weekend. However, the Bears have lost four straight, and their offense looks horrible. Did you see what Chicago did last weekend? Chicago, last weekend. Now, the only thing that gives them hope in this game, or in any game, is their defense. Their defense is still pretty good. Their defense, Chicago's defense, allows just 18 points per game. Um, But Chicago's offense, they gained a total of nine yards. Nine yards. Nine. Um, That's not, you're not hearing that wrong. Chicago's offense gained nine total yards in the first half of their loss to the Eagles last week. I took Chicago to win. I think they were a four and a half point dog in that. Um, and they lost, and they didn't cover. They didn't keep. They didn't, you know, they, they didn't cover the four and a half point spread. They only gained nine yards in the first half. That's horrible. Maybe playing Detroit's defense that allows 27 points per game. Maybe that can be the thing that helps Mitch Trubisky and the Chicago Bears offense get back on track. But I'm just not so sure. I saw what I saw last week, and what I saw was a, a Chicago offense that stinks. I actually like Detroit. I think they've shown some fight this year. 
I know the Bears, because of their defense, because they're at home in this one Sunday at 1, people will say, this is the, you know, they're going to snap a four-game losing skid against a Detroit team that's a game under 500. I don't know. I like Detroit and the fight they put up. I think they go into Chicago, and I think they win the game. So I'm going to take the points. Give me the Lions at plus 2.5 over the Bears in Chicago. Sunday at 1 o'clock, I'll take Detroit in that one. Then I'm taking the Green Bay Packers. They're a five-point favorite over the Carolina Panthers. The Packers are 7-2. and two. They had a four-game win streak snapped last week with a loss to the Chargers. If you watch that game, just a horrible performance by Green Bay's offense. Now, how do you lose that game? You, you know, you go into that game, you're 7-1, and one, you win four straight, and you lose to the Chargers... That speaks to the unpredictability that comes with the Phillip Rivers-led team. That's just, it's unpredictable. But if you're Aaron Rodgers, you are, that offense was horrible. I don't know how you look like that, given what you look like the previous four weeks. This is going to be a big bounce-back game for Green Bay. They're at home at Lambeau. Uh, they're hosting the 5-3 and three Carolina Panthers. Now, the Panthers are in the news because Cam Newton has been placed on injured reserve, which ends his season. Does it end his time in Carolina? It might. It might end his time in Carolina. But what we know is it's officially the Kyle Allen show for the Panthers. If the playoffs begin today, Carolina would be on the outside looking in at 5-3. and three. They've been pretty good. But still, they'd be on the outside looking in if the playoffs began today. The only real shot is a wild card because they got to know New Orleans is going to win that division. The Saints are going to win the NFC South. And so... This is a big game for, for Carolina. They know that they have a tough road ahead if they want to just get into the playoffs as a wild card. The Packers right now, if the playoffs began today, they'd be the three seed. However, for Green Bay, there's motivation because a first round bye is still very possible. Maybe not the one seed, but perhaps the two seed as they battle with New Orleans for that two seed. They'll have to beat a good Carolina team. Um, I expect them to do it. Give me the Packers to beat the Panthers at Lambeau by a touchdown. I will take Green Bay minus five, <clears throat> excuse me, minus five over Carolina on Sunday at 425. And then I'm going with the Indianapolis Colts, a 10-point favorite over the Miami Dolphins. All eyes will be on Jacoby Brissett. He injured his knee in last week's loss to the Pittsburgh Steelers. It's an MCL strain. Brissett, according to early reports, and as I'm recording this, He's going to be a game-time decision. He's going to be a game-time decision. And that's, I'm betting on him to play. I'm taking the Colts minus 10 over Miami because I'm betting on Brissett to play. And if he plays, I expect the 5-3 and three Colts to cover, to win and cover against the 1-7 Dolphins. Miami is coming off its first win of the season, but that win came against the Jets. So how much stock can you actually put into that? If anything, we learn from that game, we learn about the Jets. Like, what are you doing? You lose to Miami? You beat Dallas a couple weeks ago. You're going to lose to Miami. What's going on in this league? So I'm not going to put too much stock into Dallas's win. If I put any stock in it, it's that maybe, excuse me, any stock in Miami's win. But if I put any stock in Miami's win, it's going to be that maybe they're feeling a little too good about themselves right now. Maybe they're feeling a little too good about themselves. Is the 10 point, the only question is, is the 10 point spread in this one too high? It might be, especially if Brissett doesn't play. But again, I'm betting on Brissett to play because it's a must-win game for Indianapolis. Look at the wins they have this season. They've beaten Kansas City. They've beaten Houston. You can't beat those two teams and then lose to the Dolphins. It's easy to sit here and go, well, the Colts should sit Brissett, play back up Brian Hoyer because they can beat the Dolphins without Hoyer. I don't know. Can they? What if they don't? They're 5-3. and three. Right now, they're the sixth seed in the AFC. You cannot afford to lose to the Dolphins. If Brissett can play, he's going to play. It's a must win for Indy. Because if you lose to the Dolphins the same season you lose to Kansas, same season you beat Kansas City and Houston, you basically wasted your season, right? It's a, it's a waste of a season. And that's embarrassing. You got to win this game. Brissett's going to play. And my bet is going to be that the Colts win by two touchdowns. Give me Indianapolis minus 10 over Miami Sunday at 4.05. And oh, by the way, that game is in Indianapolis. Another reason to pick the Colts in that one. Then I'm going with the Minnesota Vikings. Plus three over the Dallas Cowboys. I told you that this game is Sunday Night Football on NBC. The Cowboys are 5-3, and three, coming off back-to-back -back wins. 
but they've let me down way too many times this season. Dallas has let me down a handful of times this year when it comes to the spread. So I have no problem betting against Dallas, even if they are at home in this game. This is a simple pick for me. The reasoning, the Vikings are 6-3, and three, and they got a lot of weapons. They have... They have enough weapons to go into Dallas and win and beat a Cowboys team that even on Monday night, first play of the game, didn't want to beat the Giants. Uh, but the Giants said, no, you can have it. And the Cowboys rolled in the second half. I think Minnesota goes into Dallas on Sunday night and wins this game. So I'll take the points. They're a three-point dog. Give me Minnesota plus three over the Cowboys in Dallas. And my lock of the week and final pick of the week, the L.A. Rams, a three-and-a-half-point favorite over the Pittsburgh Steelers. The Rams are five and three. They're coming off the bye, and they head to Pittsburgh Sunday at 425. Before that bye, the Rams won two straight. And I think they got to know it's going to be a pretty tough task to win their division, the NFC West. you got Seattle ahead of you at 7-2. you got the San Francisco 49ers in first place undefeated. So if you're the Rams, it's wild caught or bust if you want to get back to the playoffs. If the playoffs began right now after week nine, the Rams would miss the cut. But they definitely have a realistic shot at the at one of the wild cards. But, but you know, you gotta beat the Pittsburgh Steelers. You gotta. Pittsburgh has won three straight. They're four and four. They're coming off a win over the Colts, but they would not have beaten the Colts if Jacoby Brissett didn't get hurt. Brian Hoyer came into that game and Brian Hoyer was terrible. Um, the Steelers, they might put up a fight because I think they have to see that it's realistic for them now at 4-4 four and four to maybe get a wild card in the AFC. But this pick is nothing more than my belief that the Rams, under, they underachieved in the first half. They have so much talent. They underachieved in the first half. I could see the Rams returning from the bye, making a statement against the Pittsburgh team that is not very good. And I could see them whooping Pittsburgh. Give me the Rams uh, I will take L.A., even though it's in Pittsburgh, I will take L.A. in this game to win by double digits. Give me the Rams, minus three and a half. That's my lock of the week. So my picks for week 10, I'm taking Detroit plus two and a half, Green Bay minus five, Indianapolis minus 10, Minnesota plus three, and the Rams minus three and a half. Picks, picks presented by DraftKings. Play for free at DraftKings.com or on the DraftKings app by using promo code PICK, P-I-C. That's promo code PICK, P-I-C at DraftKings.com. So I got to wrap it up because I turned on this heater. I have a little mini heater on the ground that I plug in, you know, to get the chill out of the studio. And I turned it on before the show. And it is 125 degrees in this studio. Trying to control the temperature in this studio is one of the most difficult things in my life. (laughs) It really is. And I am dying right now. So I got to... I, I got to end it. Get this show on iTunes, Spotify, anywhere podcasts are available. Follow me on Twitter at Danny Picard. Subscribe to my YouTube channel, youtube.com slash Danny Picard, where you can see highlights of this show and highlights of me making my picks. And um, go to my website. All of my stuff on my website, dannypicard.com. Enjoy your weekend, everybody. I will be back on Monday to break down everything that we saw in Week 10 in the NFL and, of course, react to any news that we have in the Major League Baseball offseason or even any news in the NBA and the NHL in their respective regular seasons. I am out. Talk to you on Monday. <laughs>